In this episode, I talk to two of the UK financial services industry's most successful podcasters. Martin Bamford of the Informed Choice podcast and Pete Matthew of Meaningful Money join me to talk about our experiences using this awesome broadcast medium. We share our experiences on putting a podcast together, how much business we've generated as a result, and give out some tips on how you could launch your own podcast really easily and quickly. That's all right here in episode 63 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. So let's get on with the show. And here's your host, Roger Edwards. Welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening and for plugging me and my guests into your earphones. It's much appreciated. It would help me, however, immensely if you would share the podcast with at least one friend or colleague, either by email or by social media. If we can grow the audience together, then I can attract even more guests to share their ideas and insights with you. So go on, just one friend or one colleague. Thanks once again. This interview with Martin and Pete was a bit of an experiment. We used a new online application called Blab to record our debate live a few weeks ago. I think it was a first for the UK financial services industry. Blab is a live video streaming platform and on the day we had about 40 people watching us. What you're about to listen to now is an edit of the audio from that live event. One of the great things about Blab is the interaction with the audience, and towards the end of the discussion, you'll hear Simon Ryan, who's also a previous guest of the Empath Podcast, jumping onto Blab to ask a question. So let's get straight into that podcast chat with Martin and Pete, right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance Podcast. Welcome everyone. Martin, Pete and I are here to talk about our experience with podcasting and how that can help advisors grow their businesses. But perhaps first of all, we should actually introduce ourselves. So Martin, do you want to go first? Good morning. Uh, I'm Martin Bamford. I'm a Chartered Financial Planner and a CFP Professional Managing Director of a firm called Inform Choice. And I'm speaking to you this morning from Cranley in Surrey, uh, which is just below Guildford. I run a, um, a host a podcast, a weekly audio podcast called the Inform Choice Podcast, which I started about a year ago. Really excited to, uh, to try out this new platform. And, and have a chat about podcasting. Has it really been a year, Martin, you've been podcasting? It's scary, isn't it? It's about 10 years, isn't it, really? But, you know. Um, yeah, okay. My name is Pete Matthew. I'm a manager director of Jackson's Wealth Management, which is a little uh, financial planning practice down in Penzance in the very far west of England. Uh, I'm a CFP, chartered financial planner as well. But um, most folks know me for uh, a little side project, which has become a bit of a monster called Meaningful Money, uh, which began as a bunch of video uh, lessons explaining financial concepts. But for the last nearly three years, has been a weekly, a weekly podcast, usually about half an hour. And there's now 128 
episodes live as of today. Fantastic. I'm Roger Edwards, uh, ex-managing director and marketing director of various brands within the Royal London Group. Left there about two years ago to form my own marketing consultancy. Got into this uh, whole area of content marketing, social media, and, and, and now podcasting probably about two years ago myself. I launched a fitness podcast to play around with the technology and launched my own podcast, The Marketing Protection and Finance, The Empath Podcast, uh, just over a year ago. And I'm absolutely amazed that I've got to episode number 60 and, and people are actually <laughs> listening to it. And, and what we thought today would be a, just really quite nice to talk about our experiences as podcasters maybe think about how we've put the podcast together, the sort of people who are listening to it, and, and probably most importantly, because we're all into the bottom line, aren't we? What has been our experience and what has been the the, uh, the reaction to it in terms of getting new people through the door, new customers? Martin, tell us a little bit about the Informed Choice podcast, broadcasting from the, the heart of Cranley. The heart of Cranley, the largest village in England as well, so I claim to fame down here. Um, it's, uh, it, it, I, I should start with a bit of background, really. I, I first started a podcast back in September 2007, um, when I'm not sure if anyone knew what podcasting was, um, and I, I just wanted to experiment with the technology. Back then, it was, it was really geeky, really techy to, um, to do it. You had to write your own RSS feed, so you, there's no sort of automation at all. You had to do all the coding yourself. Um, so I, I tried it for a bit, tried it for four or five months and wasn't getting any traction, so I dropped it. And then inspired by Pete um, about a year ago or so, realized that it was something we had to add to our marketing mix because we do do a lot of blogging. Uh, we've experimented with video. We do a lot of media stuff, but we didn't have any, uh, any podcasts. And I just saw, uh, saw audio podcasting as uh, really gaining some traction, gaining some ground, particularly as the way technology was developing. That was a big driver for it for me because everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket now. So it's so easy to, to download a podcast. So about a year ago, decided to, to go again. So it's, it's weekly. Um, I was listening to loads of podcasts back then as well. So it was really an opportunity to learn from whatever people were doing and sort of see what formats worked. So weekly podcast, it lasts for anywhere between about 20 and 30 minutes a week. And it's it's got a format to it. So I talk about myself and what I've been up to as a financial planner and in my own life, family life. Then I move on to sort of topical personal finance news. And then I tend to pick three or four sort of subjects to chat about and sort of topical things, articles I found, big news stories. And occasionally I get a, get a guest on to interview over Skype and that's something I'm trying to do more of because that seems to be the most popular popular episodes. And Pete? I, Meaningful Money began as a, a hobby for me entirely. I just thought I'd have a go and began shooting videos primarily, set, uh, set up a, a little flip video camera on the prom down in Penzance back in April 2010 and just talked to it for two and a half minutes and told it what I was going to do. Just explain financial stuff in easy to understand language and didn't tell a soul what I was doing. And then uh, I told a couple of friends, Rich Allen being one of them, uh, who's on the uh, on the blab today. And uh, he said, you know, you might be onto something here. Best keep going. So at that point, I told my wife. <laughs> prior, prior to that, I thought she'd think I was an idiot. You know, I eventually shot 295 videos. I was doing three a week for a long time. But pretty much like Martin, I began listening to podcasts myself and realized just what an incredibly powerful medium it is for various reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into. But the slightly longer form was a key thing for me. And um, 
just saw the level of engagement uh, explode really as a result so my show is weekly and it's roughly half an hour it depends sometimes it might be ended up to 50 minutes if i'm interviewing somebody but uh, generally speaking maybe one in three is an interview show one in four perhaps and the rest of them i'll pick a subject for the week and i will generally split the show in two halves what you need to know first sort of set the context and the general uh, bit of education piece really and then the second half is what you need to do so the steps people need to take getting those two things together while having a bit of fun along the way really i think is um uh, the sort of sweet spot when it comes to content of any kind education empowerment to take action and a bit of entertainment while you're at it fantastic and i started my interest in podcasting because i spent a lot of time listening to some fairly heavyweight podcasters in the United States. I think the podcasters, apart from Martin, of course, who's been doing this for five years, the, the, the estates seem to be about five years ahead of us when it comes to uh, social media and that sort of thing. I was listening to podcasts by people like Michael Stelzner, Marcus Sheridan, Ryan Hanley, and the amazing Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, if you haven't checked out Gary Vaynerchuk, you've got, to, you've got to look for him. You'll love him or you'll hate him. Most people do love him after a while. And I just thought this is an amazing vehicle for talking to people because unlike video and, and okay we're on video now but the beauty of audio is that you can listen to it anywhere so you can be in the car listening to it you can't really watch a video in the car you definitely shouldn't watch a video in the car you can listen to audio on the treadmill you can listen to audio in the bath and i just thought that this is a real good vehicle to for talking to people. When I left my corporate job and I wanted to embrace all the experience of trying to work with social media, I thought the podcast would be a good thing for two things. First of all, to keep my own profile up and, and secondly, to experiment. And I started the podcast aimed mainly, I thought, at product providers, to be perfectly honest. I called it marketing, protection and finance. The idea being this is how to market protection and finance, because I actually didn't think most product providers were doing a good job of it. What I found within probably about the first 10, maybe 15 episodes was that actually the most popular episodes that I was doing were actually more the pure marketing ones, which were really aimed at financial advisors and the most popular episodes being, for example, the ones with Pete and the ones with Martin and, and Chris Dames is another one, Simon Ryan, who's here, and, and latterly people like Pete Timberlake. And therefore, I changed the emphasis slightly. So instead of being about marketing protection and finance specifically, I meant it's actually about marketing and it's about protection and it's about finance. And 60 episodes in, it's been remarkable the number of um, people that have been downloading it, the people have been commenting and the people have been sending me uh, encouraging emails and actually people have finally <laughs> been asking me if I can help them with their own businesses. So it's been a real journey for me and I've enjoyed all the, the banter between the various podcasters within the UK. Now, if you look on the screen now, we've all got various different pieces of kit. We've got uh, the good microphones. Uh, Pete, that's a huge pop shield. I started I with my son's Xbox headset and a very little uh, Skype add-on called Pamela. And I suppose over the over the months, I've gradually started buying more equipment. So I've got proper microphone now. I've got a mixing desk, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So a great learning experience. And I do think that it's something that financial advisors or anybody, to be honest, you can pick up the basics of this really quickly. You can carve out a niche and as, and as Pete's demonstrated, you can create a huge audience 
a huge audience really quite quickly. And I think there's potential for anybody to get into this because it's it's young market in the UK, certainly. So, Martin, what sort of reaction have you had to the podcast in terms of getting people through the door, finding people to uh, do business with? Minimal. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> So we, we are 41 episodes in, coming up to a year now. I uh, missed a few over last Christmas when I was sort of getting into my, into my groove doing it. And um, I've got, I think I've had two, probably two new client inquiries, both of which didn't turn out to be our target clients, but it was good to engage and good to have a conversation with them. A number of our existing clients who listen to it and give me good feedback. And it's a good way from that perspective of um, strengthening existing relationships. But no, I'm not going to say this is, um, this has sort of resulted in uh, floods of people coming through the front door saying, you're an amazing podcaster. I love the podcast. Please can I become a client? I've not had that success. I think actually I've had more client inquiries via Pete's podcast. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I never began Meaningful Money with the intention of getting clients from it. That I never even connected those two things in my mind. I just wanted to have a bit of fun and play with technology, really, which I've done now uh, for five years. It took me 18 months to get my first client, my first inquiry as a result of the videos, right? And that was definitely a watershed moment for me because this guy out of the blue sent me a great long email with his entire financial situation in it. Uh, And at the end of it, he said, uh, having watched several of your videos, we feel like we know you, we feel like we trust you, Will you work with us? And I thought, man, that live that, you know, this guy hasn't met me ever. Uh, He might think he knows me, but he doesn't. He might think he can trust me, but I could be the sharkiest shark on the Internet. But as it uh, happens, of course, I'm uh, none of those things. I'm an extremely nice person and uh, straight as a die. So, you know, he's become a great relationship. And he's um, him and uh, his wife are some of my favorite clients today. But that was a very sort of small beginning, one uh, client. And then it just began very slowly to snowball, but really picked up with the podcast, really. So the level of interaction that I get, the level of emails that I get, and the um, uh, reviews and stuff on iTunes just have grown and grown and grown. I mean, I've got a reasonable amount of scale now. An average week download for me is somewhere between five and five and a half thousand downloads. That's across 128 episodes. So obviously the more episodes you've got, the more there is for people to choose from. So the more downloads you're going to get. Um, but those are pretty good numbers, I think, from what I um, discern from other podcasters that I speak to. But it's now getting to the stage where on average, I'm getting one new inquiry a week, I would say, possibly even slightly more than that on average, maybe one and a half, which is all I need arguably more than i need i've just taken on a full-time power planner to help me cope which is a nice problem to have um so it's definitely working for me but it's a slow burn you know i don't think it would be quite a slow knowing what i know now if i was starting from scratch now i think i would pick up that first client much sooner but it's definitely working for me in 2014 meaningful money was the largest single source of new client inquiries to my practice here at jackson's and we're a well-established company down here you know 40 years established as a practice so that was quite a thing but it took four years to get there and now it's just ticking over very very nicely i think there's a there's a lot we can learn from what you've just said there um it's like anything, isn't it? I suppose in the internet age, we expect results instantaneously, you know, because we expect to reply to an email within 30 seconds or reply to a tweet within 30 seconds. We expect any of these newfangled technologies to immediately produce results for us. But it's like anything in business. It, it, it is a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And I found the same with the Marketing Protection and Finance podcast. I'm, I'm at episode 60 now. And finally, I have started getting people coming to me saying, we like the podcast. Um, And it's not just interactive comments. It's 
can you do a um, quote for a piece of work for us? But it has taken over 18 months of putting mm -hmm. this thing out pretty much every week. I have missed a few weeks for holidays and, and illness from time to time. But I think you, if, if you're going to do this, and we're going to get into how you can do this in a minute, and, and I'm not trying to make it sound as if it's difficult or not worthwhile, I think it is something that you have to commit to. And there is a figure, isn't there, um, Martin, Pete, you'll, you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the average life of a podcast is usually about seven episodes maybe eight episodes yeah, I think if a podcast gets to 30 episodes it's exceptional um, right okay so so most people die out at seven some people might struggle on to 30 if you get past 30 then then that's looking good so we're, so thumbs up to the three of us we've got past the we, you know we've got past the milestone and and uh, and Pete of course I can't remember whether you mentioned this but you won that fabulous award just um, well I don't like to blow my own trumpet Roger, <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah. yeah that was um, a couple of weekends ago I was uh, honored to receive the UK podcast of the year award so that's across all podcasts in the UK and that was at the new media Europe conference which which is a new uh, conference. It was the first time this year I was gutted that I couldn't get to it. But there was uh, that thing is run by Mike and Isabella Russell, who are sort of leading lights in the podcasting world, really, and know everybody who matters. <laughs> so uh, to get sort of noticed by those guys, it was public vote, though, 50% public vote. And uh, I think something like 700 and odd of my listeners voted for me, which is amazing. Um, and then the other 50% of the, the decision was based on things like audio quality, content, consistency, the website, uh, the branding, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, a real privilege to get that and um, feel slightly uh, you know, justified because it's a lot of work this but it's a real labor of love as well yeah and i, and I think that uh, the fact that let's face it money and finance isn't at the top of everybody's list of priorities uh, of interest um you know there are podcasts out there about fitness about cooking about tv about books right. that you won in a in a relatively small niche segment of interest value across the whole board i think it's a remarkable achievement and just shows what can be can be achieved so so yeah i think i think you've got to be in this for the long burn and as i said i'm starting to to, to see um, some results from that. So, so let's have a think about um, giving the, the, the viewers, the listeners, a few ideas as to what you might do when putting together a podcast. Um, Martin, what, what would your top tip be for putting together a podcast for a financial advisor? Um, I'd say listen to lots of others. You know, go into, into your iPhone or whatever platform you use, look at the top charts, see what works. And, and there's lots and lots of podcasts out there. Um, I've, I've probably subscribed to 40 or 50. I don't listen to them all every week, but it gives me a choice to sort of pick from when I, when I go to a gym and sort of think which episode do I want now. Um, listen to them, find your favourites, find out which formats work, and then copy them. <laughs> Rip them off. <laughs> I mean, obviously make it your own as well, but um, no, there's a lot to be said from, from imitating the best. I'd uh, definitely agree with that. I think... Uh, to anybody considering starting a, a podcast, go into it with your eyes open because it is uh, a commitment or it should be. In order for it to succeed, it will need to be. So, I mean, Martin used a phrase right at the beginning when he was introducing the Informed Choice podcast that it had been added to his marketing mix. So clearly, uh, Martin and his colleagues at um, uh, Informed Choice are, are doing lots of other things as well, which is a commitment. You know, and when I ever talk about this stuff and what I'm doing, the, the single biggest question back I get is, how long does this actually take you uh, each week? And that's a valid question because we're all busy. So I would understand that it's a commitment. And I suppose the other thing that I would do then is to plan your structure. Okay. I think because podcasting is audio only, uh, 
you know, when we're reading a, a blog post on a screen, we can see the scroll bar on the right and we can see how far down we are. So we get a sense of how far through we are. Likewise, if we're watching a video, we can see the play bar across the bottom. So we know how far along we are. With a podcast, very often we're listening to it passively while doing something else driving, walking the dog, cutting the grass or whatever. So having a clear structure, which is fairly consistent from week to week, gives people a sort of unconscious sense of where they are in the show, which helps them to frame uh, the podcast around the rest of their day. You know, if they know they've got a 30 minute commute, um, you know, and they're sort of 25 minutes in and they really understand that they're only really halfway through the show, you know, that might not be helpful for them. So having a clear structure and generally repeating that week on week, uh, not need to be religious about it, but I, I would plan that structure and stick to it. Yeah, that, there's some really good tips there. Martin, I'll come back to one that you said there. I think stealing with glee is, is a great idea. <laughs> um, the, the quick fire round of business questions I have at the end of my Empath podcast is an absolute steal from um, Entrepreneur on Fire, which is uh, John Lee Dumas's format. Uh, and And again, there are so many millions and millions and millions of people listening to this stuff all over the world it doesn't actually matter if you nick a few ideas but just put your own hallmark on them just make them your own i guess my big tip would be if you want to do it just get started you know don't look at us and think wow look at all that fa fancy equipment and you can do this with an iphone with a, probably with a better microphone than the normal built-in iPhone, but you could stick that in or a dictating machine or something like that. And a little bit of audio editing um, software, which would allow you to upload the podcast to a host and then syndicate it to iTunes. That's actually all you need. And then you can promote it by Twitter, by LinkedIn, whatever your preferred method of social media is. Or if you've got a, an, an email list, then of, of course you can email it out to people there. But I think one of the most important things, and that's me, the marketing person speaking here, is it's got to form part of your overall marketing strategy. It's not, oh, it's the latest thing, I better get into podcasting, or Twitter's the latest thing, I better get into Twitter. What's your business strategy? What are you doing? Who are your customers? How are you meeting your customers' problems? And, and build podcasting into that strategy. And I think that ultimately after that, you, you, you'll probably be on to a winner if you can find your own unique voice and your own unique way of doing things i think that's definitely true but you know, people say well i occasionally get advisors saying well you're already doing podcasting so i'd feel like i was copying and i just think that's ridiculous because <laughs> the internet is a very very big place very deep pool loads of people looking to learn um and understand what next steps they can take to improve their life in our case their financial life so yeah yeah definitely just dive in and, and, and have a go it's great fun but it's addictive that's why you get 228 <laughs> sort of episodes <laughs> it's because it's a lot of fun so we've uh, we've come to the end of the agenda that i i drew up for us this morning what i've done is i've just unlocked the spare seat and so if anybody wants to dive into that open seat all you should need to do and here comes simon ryan now yeah, there is. Yeah. I, I feel a little underdressed. I haven't got a big microphone or... Uh, yeah, exactly. You've not got your dressing gown on, have you? <laughs> so, Mark, um, Simon, what are you thinking about Blab? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's fan fantastic. I, I think what's interesting is, of course, there are other platforms like um, for, for doing things like this, like GoToWebinar and things like that. But what I love about this is how accessible it is compared to something like GoToWebinar or WebEx mm. or any of those kind of things. Because when I signed... When I, it kind of turned up this morning. I think I was about the eighth person to join, and we're all just kind of hanging around, and it just felt a lot less informal. And just watching you guys operate, it just felt a lot more 
yeah, informal and a lot more open. So I, I love the platform. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's much more mature than something like Meerkat uh, and, and what have you. It's, it's, I think it's much more suited to financial services. And I, I don't see why it wouldn't work with clients. I don't see why an advisor couldn't say, look, join me, and we're going to talk through you know, a, a topic. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think it's great. What, what's also quite interesting as well is that after the broadcast, so when, when the broadcast closes down, Blab will send me an email as a moderator, and there'll be a link to that email to an MP3 file, which is the highest quality MP3 file that you can get, 320 kps. Now, for most podcasts, most podcasts use about 192, so they keep the file size manageable. So that's really good quality. You also get um, as high definition quality video as you can as well. So I think that this would be a very good alternative to Skype for podcasters. So you mm -hmm. can almost, it's, I think, Martin, you said this in a tweet yesterday, it's almost like a public podcasting facility, which... Yeah use and then you get your download later on i really want to have a go at using this to record an episode of the informed choice podcast in the future just to get, invite some guests along have a as simon said it is less formal i think than a lot of the other platforms out there and it does have that sort of community feel around it which is fantastic so broadcast it as live you know trip over your words occasionally make some mistakes but yeah create a real authentic experience for your listeners which is which is great can i just thank everybody for to, for for tuning in thanks very much Great big thumbs up. I, I've enjoyed this immensely. I, I, I really do think that this could be a game changer for anybody who chooses to adopt it. I can't see any big financial services providers adopting this because their compliance people will be utterly paranoid about it and their IT people will probably block it through the firewall anyway. But I think for, for people like ourselves who are quite entrepreneurial and who probably haven't got those bureaucratic uh, edifices behind them, I think it's a really great opportunity for us to try and do something different. Yeah, I think you're right. Interestingly, you mentioned Nucleus. So I see at least two of the guys from Nucleus are on the on the call. Um, the best example of a sort of financial services social media compliance manual uh, I've ever come across was uh, a comment that David Ferguson of Nucleus made to me. Obviously, they do have uh, slightly more words behind it, but he basically said the, the short version of their uh, online compliance guide is, don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> if only more financial services firms were smart enough and forward-thinking enough to adopt that and let uh, and trust their staff, um, I think the industry will be far further ahead. Compliance is a massive red herring in my book. No, I absolutely agree with that. You know, I'd love to see this being used more often. Um, you know, happy to sort of jump on these in the future, and uh, it's just it's just fantastic, isn't it? It's been really, really well. Awesome. Guys, thanks for your help this morning. Martin, thanks. Pete, thanks. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Do check out Blab. It really is a communications game changer. The URL you need is blab.im. That's blab. And I'll include that URL in the show notes, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. If you like it and you want to appear on Blab, maybe you could be the next guest on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Thanks for listening to the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. 
If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You can be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay? Okay.